0: Welcome, everybody, to our first episode of Just End the Show. Seth Wallach, I'm here with my
1: co-hosts. I'm Kevin. Do I need to do my last name?
0: Uh, Last names are optional if you want to keep that, you know, level of of ambiguity and or uh, plausible deniability.
1: Exactly. People are going to want to hunt me down like three weeks into this, so I figure uh, make it harder on them. Yeah, but Kevin is here.
2: Oh, no, I 100% will own my name. My name is Colin Kunstler. It's phenomenal.
0: That's with a K if you're keeping score at home
2: exclusively with a k yeah yeah
0: but in any case seth Colin, and kevin are here and welcome to just end the show like i said this is our first episode if you've ever used the 2010 divisional round highlights as like a substitute for pornography you've come to the right podcast
1: <laughs> we're the we're the ones for you if you've
0: ever uttered the phrase the Sanchez" or uh a uh, sammy savior you've definitely come to the right podcast
1: man genius Is that on that list? The man genius? Yeah.
2: I can tell you that I've drafted Mark Sanchez in every draft that he was available in.
0: Including this year, I'm guessing.
2: No, no. They took him out of the PA, so he was out last year. And two years ago was the last time that I could ever draft Mark Sanchez. And I shed a tear for that moment.
0: Oh, man. I know know he's not on a team. Is he officially retired? Is he not a free agent at this
2: point? I believe Mark Sanchez is officially out of the Players Association and retired.
0: Wow. What a career. What a career yeah. for the Sanchez.
1: <laughs> just love Buck. It totally panned out, all of it, you know, which is just it's so rare that that happens.
0: So, so, so rare for us.
2: So true. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, well. this first episode, uh, like we said, we're recording this on September 9th. So we don't have a game to talk about just yet with the Jets looking to kick off September 12th. Against Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. But what we want to do with this first episode is just kind of give you a quick season preview of what us Jets fans can expect. We're going to do a little Jets bets later on in the show, We're going to do some fantasy implications. Before we get into it, I just want to say shout out to the podcast precinct for giving us a shot. We really appreciate that. So it's going to be a good show. <laughs> Now, Vegas, if you're wondering, has the official under-over for wins for the New York Jets at six. Um, if you were a gambling man, and I know both of you are, <laughs> would you go under or over? I'm going to start with Colin.
2: Oof, that is so tough. Is there a push option? I'm kind of feeling the over, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I don't know what I see in, Je- in Zach Wilson yet. But, and I know their defense, especially their corners, are not looking great. But I got hope. I got hope. And once you have hope, you can be let down. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: I I, I do not have hope. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I think that they're going to be improved from last year. Not that that's. You know, I mean, they went they won two games last year. So but um, I'm just looking at the schedule. I just when I saw that the over under was six. I'm just like I'm just trying to find the wins on this. And I don't know, man. I mean, there's definitely games against teams like I think, you know, like Texans are a dumpster fire. There's a possibility they could beat a team like the Broncos. But division games are gonna be tough, man. If the Patriots are gonna be better which i think that they are probably for having mac jones in there and then um i even think they could lose to the dolphins and then obviously you got the bills are suddenly great uh so uh yeah i it's 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 a it's i think it's gonna be a tough i could see i could see i i i could i understand yeah like six like i could see a push happening but i think it's like five or six tops i, I don't i don't see them going over
2: one's definitely tough but I think, uh, I mean, you look, you look late. I, I mean, it's not overly tough. You got Sam Darnold. What are you going to, what are you going to do there? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> just put pressure on him.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, you just put a couple of ghosts on the field and you're good to go. But you know, you, look, <laughs> yeah, you got the Jaguars on the schedule, which isn't awful. Yeah. So I think, I think they'll be better than people think. I don't think that they're going to get more. I don't think they're going to get to 500.
0: I'm looking at the schedule. I think, like you said, there's a chance against the Jaguars. They play some bad teams. Um, you know, you always get a free win in the Texans this year, but uh, it's it's just, it's it's looking rough. I mean, I think they're clearly the fourth best team in this division, and that's something that Vegas has kind of backed us up on, because you've got, you know, the Bills, the odds on favorite, you've got the Patriots and the Dolphins sitting at kind of that same, you know, what, plus 200, plus 250 range, and then you've got the Jets at, I think the odds are plus 2,000 something uh, to win the division so the the prognosis for this team isn't great, and I think a lot of that has to do with their defense, like you were saying, Colin. They're so thin at corner. I think Zach Wilson could be better than people expect, and I think this team actually has better skill players than maybe a lot of the experts have given them credit for. I really like their receiving core a lot, um, but I just don't know who they're gonna stop with this defense. They've got uh, an average front seven. At best, below average now. With I think a couple of the injuries, uh, they've got absolutely nobody at cornerback. So um, the safeties are good, but that's irrelevant, right? If you can't cover anybody one on one in the NFL, I think this team's going to be hard pressed to get to six wins. But I'm excited to see how it plays out.
2: I think that any any uh, they're not going to win on defense. It's going to it's it'll have to come down to a shootout to me. I mean, look, you go against the Packers, you're going to lose in a shootout. Um, luckily, I don't think we have to worry about that too much this year, uh, <laughs> if at all. Um, but like you got teams like you know, for example, Jaguars, the Titans. Um, I think that you could definitely beat those teams in a shootout because you know you come down to it. If you could throw five hundred yards in a game, that's going to be a win for you.
0: Yeah, you're not worried about uh, beating Tyrod Taylor in a shootout. That doesn't that doesn't stress <laughs> you out. No, no,
2: absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, not Dak Wilson, no, hero,
0: I'm... hero, <laughs> hero quarterback. And I think to be fair, I think Wilson's got a lot more weapons to work with. Then Trevor Lawrence on the other side, who's really just kind of got a you know, whole uh, DJ Charkin friend situation over there going on in Jacksonville. Like I said, I think the receiver room's pretty good. You've got Corey Davis coming in trying to prove he's a number one. I like that, yeah. you got Denzel Mims, who I don't know about you, Kev. I think we've talked about this before, but I absolutely love the upside on Denzel Mims. I think he's going way under the radar.
1: And, and he, we're probably going to, um, I'm guessing we're going to see him in week one because isn't uh, Cole is is questionable, right? Um Yep. Yeah, Keelan Cole, who
0: came over from Jacksonville, um, and is you know part of that that rotating you know group of starters probably at wide receiver. He's a little banged up, exactly. So we might even see that much more of Denzel Mims, who I think should be you know the clear number two on this team anyway. And then you've got the good depth. You've got Jameson Crowder, who's already one of the elite slot receivers in the league as of today. I know he's on the COVID list, but assuming we get him back maybe by week two, you've got Braxton Berrios, who I love, who I always thinks been underrated last couple of years and they went out and took Elijah Moore in the draft, who's been like the talk of training camp. Everyone's talking about how explosive this kid Elijah Moore is going to be. I even got talked into drafting him in the late rounds of my fantasy team as a as a late round sleeper, so we'll see how that goes. But I, I really like this, this wide receiver group.
1: So Crowder is Crowder officially out for the first game?
0: Crowder is not officially out for the first game. So as we record this on September 9th, Jameson Crowder, the Jets uh, slot receiver is on the he's in the COVID protocol right now. Now he's got time. It takes two negative tests to get out of COVID protocol, so he's got plenty of time between now Thursday and Sunday to get those two negative tests. But he's looking. I would I would consider him doubtful. I think he's officially questionable, but I consider him doubtful.
2: Just keep testing him every hour. Test, yeah. test, <laughs> test. Let's get let's get him out. Right. What have, how many tests does he have to take to get out there? <laughs>
0: And what a safety blanket, you know, having a, a slot receiver of his caliber can be for Zach Wilson. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think we can underrate his his importance to this team and this offense.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like the wide receiver depth a lot. Um, tight end is a different situation, but uh, <laughs> but I like the. Uh... Yeah, I, I like I like the receivers, and I like having Corey Davis um, as a target for Wilson this year. I just uh, I liked Corey Davis when he was on the Titans too, and just um, yeah, have an actual good. Assuming that you know the front line can keep you know on his feet, um, I just I I think Wilson can sling it, man. And some of these games, like uh, Colin was saying, um, if it's coming down to a shootout or something or toward the end, that might be a way that they can pull out some wins. You know, I think from the outside perspective looking at the jets the two big like the two big storylines are going to be uh robert sala and zach wilson and i'm actually pretty high on both of them and i think that i'm uh you know looking forward to it they're not you know this is not a super bowl contending team this is not a you know winning record team more, more than likely it's going to be a rebuilding year so i but i like those two pieces i'm much more worried about the defense than any of those things but obviously from coming from a national perspective people are going to be those are the two things they're talking about but i i like wilson you know i like so far so you know through zero regular season games <laughs> i'm a big fan of him so um but i don't have a what, did you have a comp seth i i so
0: yeah so so what I was thinking when i when I watched him at least through these first few preseason games is I think Russell Wilson almost as like the ceiling almost came to mind for Zach Wilson because if you look at him, he's you know he's a shorter quarterback, he's great at throwing on the run he he can make all the throws from different angles, he could really sling it um you know so i I think they can do a lot of similar things that the Seahawks do with play action when they, they you know they like to roll. Russell Wilson out a lot. I think the Jets can do a lot of that similar stuff with Zach. Uh, I know Robert Sala watched a lot of Seahawks offense, you know, in his time as defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So I, I see a little bit of Russell Wilson in, in Zach Wilson. I mean, that's that's about the best we can hope for, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was kind of thinking that, but I almost like didn't want to say it. So I'm glad. So now when it doesn't happen, it's your fault. So, yeah, so
0: when, when Zach Wilson stinks, just remember that <laughs> Seth put that out into the universe right. that he's the next Russell Wilson.
2: Yes, exactly. I'll tell you what though, Kevin, I know you haven't seen you couldn't find Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's
1: mom straight fire. oh, that I she her I have seen on draft night.
2: yeah,
0: do we have a Michael Conforto situation for for Zach Wilson is that is that confirmed?
2: <laughs> oh, gotta check it out, check it out. you go I'm not gonna give her a plug because she's not you know no free ads Champagne. you got you you, you want it, you gotta pay, you gotta pay i'm'm I'm, I'm an expensive date. But check out the Wilson. All right.
0: I'm going to Google that when we're done with this podcast. (laughs) But I do want to get into something that Kevin mentioned earlier. And that's kind of the synergy between Wilson and Sala and what we might expect out of Robert Sala year one. Because i got to say, I've liked what I've seen so far. I mean, this was – he's got the incredible pedigree as a coach coming over from that great 49er defense. Um, He's not a typical Jets candidate in that I'm excited (laughs) – for Robert Sala Day One, I don't think I've been this excited for a head coach since Rex's Rex Ryan's opening press conference. I mean, you, you got a, you got kind of a lukewarm, you know, no personality guy in Todd Bowles, who you know they they talk about him now like he's a defensive genius with Tampa Bay. We remember the real Todd Bowles as head coach here with the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that guy was just he was he was hard to watch in interviews. He was hard to watch as a coach. And then you follow that up with Adam Gase, who we couldn't get out of town fast enough and who I think people really knew was a mistake at the time. That's what was weird about Adam Gase. We're like, the guy who sucked for the Dolphins? Do we want yeah. him? I don't think he he ever had a real shot. I don't think Gase was ever feeling the love. He had a weird press conference, you remember, with the eyes on day one. That was our intro- introduction to Adam Gase, so that wasn't exciting. And <laughs> the last two years, have have kind of uh, played themselves out, maybe as a self-fulfilling prophecy for Gase. Um, but I am just absolutely stoked uh, about Robert Sala. I don't know about you guys.
1: Um yeah I I kind of what you said I mean coming from Gase, like it, it, it that was that was that was the worst of all the like all the ones in our lifetime for sure I mean he there's just something every like just everything about that guy just like <laughs> just yeah just shoot him to the moon like I'm so done with him but uh in terms of um Sala you know obviously the diners defense was great and, um, you know, just everything that I've read about in terms of like, I never, it's one of those things you never really know exactly how much because obviously it's a new coach and like coming, you know, before the season starts, you're not gonna have a bunch of uh, the players being like this, you know, screw this guy like, but, you know, it seems like he's really good on on that side of it. I think you mentioned bowls, I think that's, it's um kind of an interesting comparison because the idea of bringing in a guy who's seen as this kind of like defensive minded, defensive, like genius guy, but transitioning to the head coaching thing that is a really different gig and in in a bunch of ways not just i think x's and o's but also just really being a leader of your team um but i feel better i think i think salah is going to be good at that i by all accounts people like it's um all the insiders quote unquote whatever seem to think that he that this is like a, a logical step up for him being a head coach so you know again we haven't seen the uh, we haven't seen it in action yet and it could change immediately but uh, i'm in on him
0: Kev, do you think that Robert Sala threw the Lions interview on purpose so he could land the Jets job?
1: <laughs> I uh, who, who wants to work for the Lions? You know, really? Who? who come on now. <laughs> Except Dan LaParco, our friend Dan. He'd work for the Lions. <laughs> I'll tell you what,
2: though. It's weird to me because Robert Sala is a defensive coordinator. Is he not? He is. I yeah. The defense in question. And it actually makes me feel a little bit better about it, too, that the defense is in question because that means he's focusing more on the offense in his offseason and putting the team together. So if we're worried about the off, if we're not worried about the offense now, that means we shouldn't have to be worried about him in the future. And hopefully the defense, because Robert Salas is a defensive coordinator will come in time. And that's the thing that I'm excited for. And I think that that's, what's going to make people underrate the jets this year is that they're not going to put in the Sala factor. And I'm high on two people. I'm high on Zach Wilson. I'm high on Robert Salah. We're going to the super bowl. Market. Yeah. Eleven win,
0: Eleven win Super Bowl, hitting that over six hard.
1: Yeah, you could cash in on that plus two thousand division thing unless they're gonna be the wild card. <laughs>
2: I'm not an idiot.
0: I'm not betting that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not betting against Buffalo. But I mean no, I mean listen, Colin brings up a great point, right? We talk about who the heck is on this defense, who are they stopping? They've got one of the great defensive minds, which means they've got one of the great defensive schemes right now in the game. We've seen what that 49ers defense is able to do to teams, you know, the last four years. You know, they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, who, you know, no offense to Jimmy G, he's, you know, a perfectly serviceable quarterback. But I don't think anyone thinks of him as an elite quarterback. He's he's no world beater out there. So, I mean, if, if Zach Wilson can be an upgrade over Jimmy G in a couple of years or even immediately, I mean... It, it's not ridiculous to talk about the playoffs as early as next year, depending on who they get in the off season.
2: Simply put, you can't win if you can't score. And as long as the as the Jets can put a couple of uh, put a couple of stops on the board, I think that they're sitting pretty. That they can put more stops than they did last year, which I don't know how many it was, but it wasn't great. Uh, a couple more three and outs than they have than the Jets have, and I think I think that it's, we're going to be in for quite the ride this season. I think don't don't cat them out yet.
0: So I want to get into a little bit um, a little bit of uh, some of the stuff with the GM. So we've got Joe Douglas, year two. I personally think uh, Joe's done an excellent job so far coming in and kind of reshaping this team from the ground up. He brings in his own quarterback here in year, year two with Zach Wilson. Uh, he's caught a lot of bait from a lot of guys, a lot of bad signings uh, over the, from the previous regime. And he hasn't broken the bank for anybody, but I think he's made some key under-the-radar Smart signings along the way. Do we feel like we're moving at least in the right direction under Joe Douglas in year two?
2: I think this has been the weirdest GM ever in the history of the Jets. Expand on that. Very strange. I think that he came in under weird circumstances. Uh, and I think that um, after our last GM, who shall go remain nameless because I did not like him very much, mm-hmm. uh, anything would be a step up. But I feel this is the first GM that the jets have had that they can pick who uh, he's been able to make moves that he wanted to make. And maybe that's on ownership and having Woody back. Um, but Woody has not been back all that long. Uh, and I'm just, it's, it's weird to me that the jets might be making the right decision.
0: It does seem too good to be true, right? Between, to, between Douglas and, and Sala and, and, you know, Zach Wilson.
1: It does. And, 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 yeah, there's something about three moving pieces that all seem like good decisions. Where you're like, something, something's gonna go wrong here. But I, yeah, uh, pretty much an echo of what you guys said. I think I, I think he's moving the team in the right direction. Obviously, like draft wise, you know that can be kind of hit or miss. But it's hit or miss with with all GMs, really. Um, I, I, I but you know, generally, like, um, I. I like the moves that he's made, like you said, and he has like not overpaying for people too, like you said. Um, And like Colin said, just uh, move it, you know, again, move anything that's a step up, you know, like just similar thing with, um, with Sala coming in there as the coach, just coming in after Gase, it's just, you know, and uh, and anybody, you know, an overturned bucket on a mop would be better than Adam Gase being the coach. So, so I feel kind of the same way about the GM. So, but again, you know, Having three things look like they're going in the right direction i I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic
2: this might not be our year we'll get there we'll get there it's gonna be fine we're gonna give you hope yeah as- gonna, I'm not gonna give you nothing I'm not gonna give you any hope they're gonna <laughs> give, they're gonna pull it right out on from me. but don't worry we'll get there
0: yeah it, it's gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better I think that's that's our kind of our warning to jet fans here is that in two, three years, I think this might be a team to be reckoned with. I think all the building blocks are there. They're in place. They've reset that, you know, pay the quarterback clock, right? Swapping Darnold for Zach Wilson. All of a sudden, you don't have to pay that franchise quarterback for four more years, as opposed to Darnold. I think his contract would be up after this year. So from a salary cap perspective, it's always uh, good to reset that clock when you can, if you don't have a franchise quarterback already. And obviously, the Jets felt they didn't have one already in Sam Darnold. Um, And they've got some, like we talked about, some great young wide receivers on this team and a competent coach, hopefully, and a competent GM, it seems like. What I want to get into now is a little bit of our our season preview. I want to take a little bit of a deep dive into this 53-man roster now that everything's set for Sunday and just see uh, who's on this team. Uh, I know we've talked quarterback to death, so I won't get into that too much, except to say that the only other quarterback on the roster is Mike White, who has just about no NFL stats. If you try to look up Mike White, Uh, there were a lot of veteran quarterbacks available in free agency. There were a lot of veteran quarterbacks, maybe even still available in a trade. Did the the Jets do enough to bring in some depth, any depth for Zach Wilson?
2: Uh, I don't think they had to. I don't think that, uh, I don't think you go into a season thinking that your quarterback's is going to get mono or that your quarterback is going to get hurt. Uh, I think that you get a backup quarterback so that you have uh, a replacement for a week or two, because in reality, if he gets hooked for two uh, more than that, probably he's probably not going to be on the team much longer unless he's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady um, or one of those top tier quarterbacks. Uh, so I think that uh, – I don't think hot, you take a backup quarterback because because he's out there. I think you take what's the best fit for your team. And I think Zach Wilson's development right now is the best fit for the team. And I think not having him worry about his job is the best fit for the team.
0: Is there a little bit less pressure on, uh, let's say, a backup quarterback of a team like the Jets where if you lose Zach and so you lose time with that development, there's not really pressure to win anyway? If Zach Wilson goes down, this team, in essence, is kind of just playing out the string. There's no real pressure to win. Is that kind of an advantage for, for, for Mike White? Should they have brought in anybody else? Yeah,
1: yet? I see what you're saying. I, I Yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. You know, if he if Zach if Wilson's going to be out like for a long stretch of time, then it's the, it's just we're pretty much just waiting for the waiting for the season. Yeah, just end the season um, in terms of. But I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that they cut um, Morgan um. Uh, just because it felt like uh, I thought he seemed like he played pretty well in the preseason, but I don't exactly know the whole contract situation with that. Also, probably worth noting, he got signed by the Panthers. So a guy who was just playing for the Jets is gonna um, is gonna be giving away all our secrets for week one, just so you guys know. But uh, I, that surprised me a little bit. But I agree with it. It you know if he goes down, the whole season's screwed anyway. Plus, I don't know if they'd even be able to get somebody at that point. So. Yeah, I, I get the thinking, but I, I was kind of surprised Morgan isn't on the team.
2: It, I don't think that you put somebody back behind Sam Darnold uh, because you think they're going to win games. I think you put him back behind Sam Darnold because, not Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, whoa. Oh my God! Don't I apologize, Zach? Wilson. Well, that's
0: one dollar in the Sam Darnold jar. <laughs> We're going to keep that going this season. Yeah, we
1: need to have a jar for that and a jar for every time we refer to it as a sixteen-game season by accident. Like say, like, oh, they're going to go ten and six. It's like throw a dollar in the thing. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I think you put someone
2: behind Zach Wilson who's going to help Zach Wilson. We don't know what their personal relationship is. So if White and Wilson have a really good relationship. Uh, and he's helping him grow. As a, I don't care who's behind him because I don't want that guy to be the quarterback anyway. Zach Wilson's my quarterback.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's a case to be made either way. I would have loved to see them bring in a veteran, uh, like kind of what the Eagles did when they traded a late-round draft pick to bring in Gardner Minshew. Really, you know, low-risk, high-reward for them. I mean, I've, I've been on the I'm part of Minshew mania for a while now. I've been kind of on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. I thought... He had a tough situation in Jacksonville, wasn't working with any sort of offensive line, and still, you know, was able to put up some numbers there. He can obviously sling it. He's a guy I was kind of hoping that the Jets would go out and get when I heard he was available, especially after the Eagles didn't really have to give up much to get him. But, you know, listen, there's there's a um, there, there's a point to what, what, what Colin said. If if Zach's not on the field, what's the point anyway, right? This is a team that if you lose him, you almost want to tank and get that better draft pick going into next year, keep that rebuilding process going. Uh, so uh, that's enough time, I think, on you know the quarterbacks of this team. Zach Wilson or Bust, let's go. Um, one thing I think the Jets really improved is their offensive line. I think this is one of the most up-and-coming offensive lines in the NFL. It's anchored by Makai Becton, obviously coming in year two of Becton at left tackle. They go out and trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker to start at left guard. Um, I've been thrilled at everything you've been hearing out of uh, Vera Tucker coming out of camp. He's healthy now. He's ready to go. Uh, You've got year two Connor McGovern, a veteran center that they got from the Denver Broncos last season, who I think played fairly well last year. Right guard's going to be Greg Van Rotten, again, another veteran uh, coming over from, I believe, the Panthers a couple of seasons ago. And they go out and they get Morgan Moses, who is a five-year starter for the Redskins, to come in and play right tackle, compete with some depth they already had in George Fant. I think this is a really underrated offensive line, actually. I don't know about you guys.
2: Uh, yeah, the problem is I feel like it's kind of all built around Beck, uh, Beckton. And, uh, if he, if he goes down, I feel like the line becomes a little less. And I feel that if he's pretty, he's pretty keen to going down. Um, he's got, he has had problems with his weight in the past and staying off the McDonald's burgers. Uh, so if he gets hurt or if something goes wrong with him, I kind of feel like there is a hole. Uh, but that's that, you know, I have my opinions. You're entitled to yours. It's wrong, but you're entitled to it.
0: The, the, listen, there's, the, you're, you're not wrong there's, in that there's not a lot of depth on this offensive line. They've really got nobody behind those five guys I'm excited about. So when someone inevitably goes down on the offensive line, that's going to present a problem for them.
1: Yeah, and you just really hope it's not Becton. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
0: I almost guarantee
2: you it's going to be Becton.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, cert- he certainly didn't play – Every game last year, Beckton was in and out of the lineup. Uh, last season, he had the concussion in the preseason. This year, he's out of concussion protocol. He's all good for now, but we'll see how many games we get out of Makai Beckton because he's when he's on the field, this guy's got perennial Pro ball potential.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. He's a I think he's a line game changer. Uh, he, can st- he can stop. He can stop whoever. He's how, t- how tall is this guy? Was he six? Six sevens I don't know, some crazy number that I just made up off the top of my head because I remember right in front. He's a
1: big boy. He is listed as six seven on ESPN, just saying. So you
2: know. Just crushed yeah.
0: it. So happy. <laughs> so as as excited as I am about offensive line, we're going to kind pivot to one of the weaker, I think, position groups on the team, and that's tight end for the Jets. They trade away Chris Herndon about a week ago to the Vikings to kind of take over for Irv Smith, which is fine if you've got really another viable option with you Chris Herndon was still on his rookie contract. So to trade a guy with that kind of youth, who is not expensive with that kind of potential, that was a head-scratcher for me. I know they got decent value back from the Vikings, but I didn't love that trade personally. And so here's what they're left with. You've got Tyler Croft, who's probably going to end up being the starter. You've got Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown, and Trevin Wesco doesn't count because he's a blocker only, and he's, plus he's our starting fullback. He's a little busy. So out of Croft, Griffin, and Brown is there anything there? Can this group, you know, give us anything at all?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't, I'm with you, Seth. I didn't like, I didn't like uh, trading Herndon just because they're so thin. They're just so thin. I mean, they, we, this might be like the thinnest uh, tight end spot in the entire league. I think <laughs> the jets.
2: Trust in Sala. Trust. Well, in Salah.
1: There you go. <laughs> and, and, and like we said, the receivers, the receivers, I do like the receivers. So, you know, he's got somebody to throw to, but you do, you do want somebody. I, I, I wouldn't have got. I wouldn't have traded Herndon, but they didn't give me the job, which is good. So, yeah, pro- probably for the best. I, I mean, listen, I,
0: Ryan Griffin's a guy. As I think, as as early as two years ago, they signed to a three or four year extension because he had pretty good chemistry in a few games with Sam Darnold when Chris Herndon was out. So I didn't really understand the Ryan Griffin extension at the time. And the Jets actually cut bait with Griffin earlier this offseason only to re-sign him later, which I think kind of nulls that extension. I think that was probably a smart cap move to be like, hey, we're paying Ryan Griffin way too much money. Let's cut him and bring him back um, for a more reasonable amount, which they've done. And listen, I mean, I think Tyler Croft is probably going to be the starter. And I'm basing that solely on that one time that Zach Wilson threw two touchdowns in a preseason game. Um, but this could easily be Ryan Griffin, who developed at least a decent rapport with Sam Darnold, is at least a decent receiver. He's big enough where he's a competent blocker. It's it's not a position group that's going to blow anybody away. But I think there's some sleeper potential, at least, uh, with Ryan Griffin. So we'll see what they get out of him. I want to get into uh, the running backs, which I think is possibly the Jets' most underrated position group. And we could talk about this, but I'm assuming that Ty Johnson is going to come out here as the starter, just based on what we've seen in the preseason. They went out and they draft Michael Carter, who was another guy who, you know, like Elijah Moore at wide right receiver, Michael Carter is creating a lot of buzz in the preseason and training camp. Um, a lot of people were drafting Michael Carter pretty early off the board in fantasy. I mean, we're talking mid-rounds, but still for a, for a Jets running back who's never played a down, um, a lot of people were excited about Carter. And then you've also got LaMichael Piran coming back year two as a receiving back, and they go out and get a veteran Running back and Tevin Coleman, who I think was kind of a low cost,
1: smart signing. What do you guys think about the the running back room here?
2: That's you, Kev. You can you can take that. I don't I don't I don't believe in the run game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I'm with Colin here. I'm not quite as high on the runners as you are, and uh, yeah, you're going to want Wilson to get a lot of the rushing yards. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a by committee thing, right? They're going to have. You know they're going to have Coleman in on like mostly short yardage plays. Is that kind of the idea? I'm not really sure. And then P Ryan is hurt at least initially, right? He's he's going to miss a couple of weeks. So yeah, if P Ron's
0: going to miss a couple of weeks. I thought that might affect his status for making the team. It appears he did make the 53 man roster
1: yeah well is that something where they got to keep him on so they can reactivate him or whatever um yeah i i didn't i actually i didn't uh really realize that michael carter was getting a lot of a good uh feedback in camp so that's good uh, coleman and johnson i uh I, i'm pretty lukewarm on and I, I would be surprised if this was a uh if this was a offense that ha- that was relying a lot on the run game i'm guessing that th- it's going to be wilson in the shotgun just trying to spread spread out wide receivers and
0: and i think you're right only from the aspect of you know even if they've got an improved offensive line even if they got some some guys who might be sneaky good running backs I think you're right Kev they're gonna end up in the shotgun most of the time because at the end of the day with this defense they're gonna be in shootouts they're gonna be down by 10 in a lot of you know early second quarters where they're just gonna have to abandon the run really early in these games likely
2: if you have to abandon the run early in the game you never had the run I think I think we can all agree that
0: (laughs) absolutely
1: yeah i like i said i'd be surprised if there was if this was uh if we're- ta- i'd be surprised if this was we were talking about the run any more than this first episode of the show
0: so i want to move on from the optimistic group right the 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 zach wilson improving offensive line you know quality wide receiver depth we're going to move it to the other side of the ball and uh this end is i think it's safe to say it's going to be a problem right like i said we've got robert Sala. we'll let it play out you've got a front seven that's really comprised of Jonathan Franklin Myers, and Williams. Uh, you got uh, Fede Kassi, who was a nice surprise at least last year. But then once you get off that D line, it starts to get real, real thin. Uh, you're starting a very unproven Bryce Huff at outside linebacker. You've got C.J. Mosley coming off two consecutive years of injury. C.J. Mosley hasn't played a game since week one of the 2019 season. You've got uh, a rookie linebacker. And uh Nasir Daleen, if I'm pronouncing that right. You've got a rookie linebacker in Jamie and Sherwood. Um, this is a really young, really inexperienced uh front seven, and it's a front seven that's already lost some guys to injury. We lost Carl Lawson, is a massive loss for the Jets. That was one of Joe Douglas's best signings. He's got the torn ACL in the preseason, so we're not gonna see Carl Lawson at least this year. Um, and then you've got on the other end of the defensive line, we brought in Vinnie Curry, the veteran from the Eagles. He's also gone for the year for a blood disorder. So the defensive line was already a little bit thin, but now the veterans are gone and it's just even thinner.
2: But I think it's not something to be overly concerned about because with, again, like with rookies, it's a totally different game from the NFL, but you don't know what you get. This defensive line can come in and and they can get by everybody. So you'd be optimistic.
0: I mean, listen, I'm I'm a guy, I'm still high on Blake Cashman. At, at linebacker i thought he was a guy that was kind of pressed into action last year i think he showed us some good stuff you've got cj mosley who's my uh, nfl comeback player of the year award uh candidate uh we'll get into that later in jets bets um but everyone else outside of mosley and cash cashman and of course quinn and williams in the middle it, it's tough to get excited about am i wrong kev
1: no yeah and uh you hit on it with just the injuries the the uh losing carl lawson i mean obviously everyone's been saying it but that's that's such a death blow i think for for them and and uh, obviously we love sala and we're seeing him as this great um You look at his stuff in San Francisco as they just have an incredible defense, but he did have Bosa there. You know, you do have people like you do still need like really competent, solid playmakers. It's not just the defensive scheme. So, yeah, I I mean, yeah, with the rookies, I don't know. You don't know with them, but losing Lawson and Vinny Curry is is, is tough. This is just not a fantastic defense, um, and we haven't even gotten to the secondary yet.
0: Yeah, if you've got concerns about this front seven, you're you you're you're not going to like this next segment because once you get past safety, right, you've got Marcus May coming back, you've got a motivated Marcus May coming back who might be the Jets' lone pro bowler, so he's great. You bring in LaMarcus Joyner in the offseason, a solid veteran compliment, and then I'm actually uh, pretty high on Ashton Davis, a young player coming back for year two at safety, but once you get past safety, it gets real ugly. I'm going to read you guys some names These are the guys we're going to see playing cornerback for the Jets in 2021. And you're going to tell me who are the starters on this team. Out of Bryce Hall, Isaiah Dunn, Brandon Eccles, and Jason Pinnock, and Justin Hardy, two of those guys, or three of those guys, are going to be starting. I can't tell you who's who, to be honest.
2: I can tell you that Isaiah Dunn and Jason Pinnock uh, just gave me fries at McDonald's earlier today. So
1: (laughs) Uh, and Becton was in line getting a hamburger, so there was a lot. There were a lot of people there. <laughs>
2: I knew who was McDonald's kind of guy. Shout so <laughs> not a sponsor.
1: Yeah, no, no, no free ads. <laughs>
2: Go Burger King. It was Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: this is. The, oh, am I supposed to get? So is is Gidry the starter? Is Ron Gidry? No, I think he
0: retired. So we've got we've got, <laughs> we've got uh, Bryce Hall, Justin Hardy, Isaiah Dunn, Brandon Eccles, and Jason Pinnock. Two of those guys are starting corners. Wow.
1: So, um, I'm going to guess Eccles. Is Eccles one of the starters?
0: Uh, Eccles is not listed as one of the two starters, no. You might be able to get one of them. He was technically a starting corner last year in a forgettable season. I think after we lost Pierre Dessert, uh who was our number one corner last season, I think this guy played a lot of games.
2: Is that before or after we won a game and
0: our hopes and dreams were over? This was before... We won a game. So it was actually Bryce Hall, I think, played a bunch of games at corner last year for the Jets. Everyone else on this list is just about a newcomer. So according to the Jets' official website, the starters at cornerback are Bryce Hall and Isaiah Dunn. If I'm an opposing team, if I'm, for example, the Carolina Panthers in week one, I'm saying, hey, Robbie Anderson, you're going one-on-one. You're going deep. We're going to try to take advantage of this unit. I hope Salah has got a great zone scheme drawn up for this season because i think the jets are going to have real problems covering people one-on-one
1: yeah absolutely
0: yep
2: yep
1: i think we're all in agreement on that <laughs> and ashton davis is not um i know you're not talking about uh we're talking about corners still but at, how long is ashton davis out because i know he made the roster he's on the injured reserve right but is yeah it like week I, six or something i'm not
0: sure it's i think it's going to be late in the year Kev. i'm not sure when we're going to
1: see ashton davis
0: this year i don't think it's going to be any earlier than week six certainly Just about the only position group we haven't talked about yet is the special teams guys. Um, Braden Mann comes back as punter. And we've got a new kicker this year, Matt Amendola. He's going to be our guy. He won the job at a camp. Uh, He kicked out the incumbent, Sam Thicken, who I think was at least serviceable last year. The Jets actually really like this kid, Matt Amendola.
2: I tell you, I say who cares about special teams, but that is the reason the Jets lost their first game two years ago before Sam Darnold came down with loser mono out of college.
0: <laughs> yeah, they say, they say nobody cares about kickers until uh, you're on a tied game with 10 yeah. seconds to go, and you know that guy's
1: name.
2: <laughs> God, only the Jets could have a
1: bad kicker. <laughs> well, the Chargers. The Chargers. They always have the, the Chargers. Always have a badkin. <laughs> uh, Chargers sh- always lose like seven games because of their kicker. Yeah. Listen.
0: Shout out Nate Kading for giving me some of my best memories yes. as a kid. Wide sure. right. Why, yeah. A little wide right. Little, little shades of Scott Norwood. Yeah. Nate Kading missing a couple of field goals in the playoffs. Uh, just a just a brilliant Jets win. I had that saved. I had a VHS tape of the Jets playing the Chargers in the playoffs, and I would just I would watch it when I would feel down in the sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> that, Nate, that Nate Kading wide ride, it's beautiful. Go back and look at it on YouTube.
1: I remember it. I remember it well.
2: A lot of nights by yourself, huh, Seth? <laughs> A lot of,
0: lot, lot, of, lot of lonely nights. <laughs> All right, well, that kind of that covers our, our sort of in-depth look at the Jets roster for this upcoming season. How do you think they match up against Carolina in week one? Sam Darnold's got a couple of weapons on the other side, kind of headlined by an old friend and an old friend of Sam's, Robbie Anderson.
2: Yeah, I think think the Jets pair up against the Panthers like you would want a grilled cheese sandwich that's been out sitting for a little while. Uh, Like, you don't really think it's going to be good, uh, but you try it anyway, and it's still not good. Um, so I think the I think the Jets, uh, I think they're outmatched. I think their only chance is to out throw Sam. Uh, I'm hoping that Sam is the same guy that he was on the Jets and not some, not not who we all hope Zach Wilson will be.
0: Yeah, maybe a two interception game and a Marcus May. Right? Maybe that's the path to victory here.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, I mean we've seen in the past the way to get to uh, the way to get to Darnold is put a little bit of pressure on him and getting trying get him trying to move. So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that or not, because if you can't, uh, if you can't get pressure on him, as we're saying, and he's getting throws off uh, this secondary is probably going to get torched by those receivers. I think so that's going to be tough. But uh, if it's a shootout situation, maybe there's a chance that they that, that can pull it out here. But um I'm going to say that it's a, it's a loss, but a relatively narrow loss. I know the what uh, spread's like five, right? So for the
0: sake of this next segment, which we're going to call Jets Bets, all three of us live in the state of New Jersey, right? We're, we're all clear on that?
1: Yes. Gabagool.
0: The Gabagool. Yeah, for legal reasons, we all reside in North Jersey. <laughs> I'll let you guys um, have a crack at it, but my favorite Jets bet of the season, hear me out, it's a futures bet. C.J. Mosley, Comeback Player of the Year, plus 10,000. I love it. The guy's had two full years to rest. He's one of the elite middle linebackers in the game when he's healthy. At least he was three years ago. And this is a guy I'm honestly real excited about because he's going to have to make all the tackles in the middle of the field. I mean, right? This defense is going to be giving up yards after yards. He might have 200 tackles this year. (laughs) So I'm all in on C.J. Mosley, Comeback Player of the Year, plus 10,000. What do you guys think? Am I crazy? How often do they give that
1: award to to linebackers? Or is there one for every position?
0: I'll answer you, not often. Because (laughs) on the list that I'm looking at, C.J. Mosley is the last player you can pick. He has the (laughs) highest odds, actually tied for the highest odds, with Dante Hightower, another linebacker in New England.
2: Yeah, Seth, I think you're out just on position alone. Yeah. No, you're done. You're done.
0: Yeah, so the obvious moves here are Dak Prescott at plus 180. That's a given You got Joe Burrow plus 550, Saquon Barkley plus 600, Christian McCaffrey, who I honestly forgot missed most of last year, at plus 700. I kind of wish he was out this year. Uh, Nick Bosa, yeah, at least next week. Nick Bosa plus 800. You got Jameis at plus 800, who I actually love. Carson Wentz is plus 1,000. The beat goes on. Sam Darnold uh, plus 1,400. So, I mean, listen, I love C.J. Mosley at plus 10,000. There are smarter bets on the board in all likelihood but that's why they call the segment Jets bets, right? That's my favorite Jets bet. Aside from the one we discussed at the top of the show, I'm hammering that under on six wins of the year. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I'm hammering that under.
2: I think uh, my 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 Jets bet, oof, coach of the year, Robert Sala. Best best bet right there. I love that. Do we, do we have odds on that? Plus 2,200. Robert Sala, coach of the year.
0: How many wins do the Jets need to get for Sala to be considered coach of the year?
2: Within a game, of, with mm,
0: if they're in com- competition for the wild card, you're saying.
2: Uh, I think seven wins solidifies it. I think he's got a possibility with six. I don't think he's got to have a 500 year because the Jets are god awful. Not a 500. Well, there is no 500 year, but I think the Jets last two couple years were god awful. And if uh, Robert Sala can show some true, uh, and if they can't be losing games by 10, like they got to be losing games, one possession games, and if they can do that. Uh, I think uh, Robert Stallard, coach of the year.
1: I I did not prepare myself to have a futures bet, but I'm I'm just scrolling through him now. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I think you'd probably need, you'd probably need like yeah, like like seven wins or so to be in contention for that, and then some close losses, like you said. In terms of a Jets futures bet, that's that's about as good as you're going to go. I'm with you, Seth, with the under. Like I said, I think. I think I'd probably go under because yeah, if there if there's a uh, there's a world in which like a couple injuries were a couple injuries away from like a complete tank mode again. So, but you know, um, I like I appreciate the optimism. Let's say let's hope they all happen. It's CJ Mosley gets comeback player of the year, Robert Sala, coach of the year, and this podcast becomes the podcast of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the one thing I want to ask before we go, do you guys uh, have any Jets that you want on your fantasy team? I know we talked about they've got at least some offensive weapons. Who's the best Jets fantasy player that you think going into the year? Because there's not a lot of Jets going in the first four or five rounds, I guarantee you. Do I have to take a Jet? It's round eight in your fantasy football draft. You have to draft a New York Jet. Who are you taking?
2: Mark Sanchez.
0: I think that's about as good as answer of any. What about you, Jeff? <laughs>
1: Has Gino
0: Smith retired yet? I don't know. Yeah,
1: I would go with. Uh, I think Curtis Martin's going to get a lot of carries. You know, they're going to be giving the. Um, I, 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 Corey Davis, maybe. I mean, I, he, I assume he's. I assume between Davis and Moore, that's going to be a lion share of the of the receptions, right?
2: There's just so many better players in, at every position
1: yeah yep. if i had to choose one, <laughs> and you
0: do have to choose because i make <laughs> yeah the segments.
1: this is not a uh oh how about i got it i got it i get uh the kicker amandola there you go boom cool. I, I love it man. yeah we all take the yeah take care, that
0: amandola he's a he's a stud that's a better answer yeah because yeah
1: and you know there's going to be like a bu- there's going to be that random game
0: that random five field goal game
1: yeah exactly you know and that's uh that's when maddie takes you home takes you over the edge
0: Absolutely, a lot of a lot of times the kickers on bad teams I find will get you the most points because they're the teams who have to settle for three once they get into the red zone. So that's not a bad strategy.
1: Yeah, they will be like a there'll be like a twelve to nine game at some point, fifteen to fifteen to nine or something.
0: Can I bet on Joe Judge first fire? No offense to our Giants fans, friends who may be listening to this.
2: <laughs> Overrated. Sorry, <I'm> done. <laughs> sorry. I had to get that out. My bad.
0: The Hall of Famer, Eli Manning, that's blasphemous. Absolutely blasphemous.
1: Are you going to watch the broadcast with him and Peyton, though, on Monday night?
0: I'm excited. see that? I, for one, am excited about that. I think they've had real problems on ESPN with their Monday night football crews, uh, especially in recent years. So I'm excited for the Manning broadcast.
1: I'm curious how it is, you know? Like, is it going to be like two having two Tony Romos in there, though, where they're just kind of like fighting for air or something? But I'm yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's more fun than what they've been putting on the last few years. Lord knows
2: the Manning brothers have definitely got personality and as awesome as it is. Uh, so I can definitely see that being an amazing broadcast, especially on that Saturday night live when they were rifling balls into kids. That was amazing.
0: Great. All all time Peyton Manning sketch on Saturday night live, the United way sketch. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm listen. I'm excited for Eli Manning to just let his hair down. You know, just let, just (laughs) let loose Eli. Just let it fly. You know, he's been holding back all
1: these years. (laughs) I'll, I'll do one more thing before we go. Seth, you're not touching this, this Jets game gambling-wise, right? This is the stay-away of all stayaways First of all, it's week one, but I don't like six points. I'll tell you what
0: I don't like. I don't
1: like stay-aways. I'll probably be in on it.
0: But <laughs> if I am in on it, I like the Panthers lay the six points, lay the five points, depending on what kind of spread you're getting. I think the Panthers probably win this game by 10. So I'm, I'm going to go Carolina on Sunday because – I call it buying a win, right? So if the Jets win this game, I contributed by putting the mush on the Panthers and I take that. And if the Jets lose, then I get something for my misery. Yeah. They've given something back to me. So I found that betting against the Jets has actually been good for my soul. I don't know about you guys.
1: Oh yeah, that's a that's usually the move. Or at least I don't usually actually bet straight games, but if it's for a pick 'em league, I'm usually like, well, I got to pick whoever here, but yeah, no, I, this is a stay away of all stayaways. I think some of the weeks that the lines will be at least enticing enough that we can talk about it, but I am, I am staying as far away from this as possible.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. I, you, know, you have no idea what to expect, and honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game.
1: <laughs> On that note of certainty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to, to
0: Just End the Show. Um, you know, shout out Podcast Precinct. Um, you guys are awesome. We're excited to work with you. Yeah, uh, let's go, Jets. Let's go, Zach Wilson, franchise quarterback. Here we go, baby. Uh, enjoy the games on Sunday, everybody. We'll see you next Monday to react to the Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Until then, Kevin, take us out. Just end the show.